This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts. And we're just grinding it, grinding it out and finding ways to win. Um, so it's been, you know, a good last couple of weeks. Um, we're improving, we're getting better. Um, and, you know, there's, there's just that fight that we're, we, we've got as a group that you know, we're just not going to throw the towel in. So um, we're in it together, we understand that. And, uh, you know, it's good. It just come down to, you know, having pride and, you know, staying in front of your guy, you know, from me all the way down. Uh, and, you know, just being able to help the helper. You know, you get beat here and there. It's the NBA. Uh, you got to have your teammates back. But I feel like we're getting better. What is up, Spurs Nation? Caete la boca, shut up, because you are listening to a Bucking Spurs podcast brought to you by BuckingSpurs.com and the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. I'm Robert Trejo Jr., your host of ABSP. Like the great GOAT Coach Pop would say, we're all about players who are over themselves and are about team success, as are we here at ABSP. So follow in the footsteps that the greatest big three to ever do it have laid down for us, otherwise known as the Spurs way. Be a true team player and subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast jam on. Get me open and nail that game-winning jumper by downscreening on your phone now. And just like the Spurs with five golden trophies in that trophy case, rate this podcast five golden stars. The beautiful game that we all know and love can only manifest itself by collective effort of sharing that rock. So don't be a pod hog and share this podcast episode to the rest of Spurs Nation. You can do that by following us on YouTube for more Spurs content like drive through Spurs takes and Spurs tacos and more. Of course, you can share and follow on us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. If you want to make the first team all at BSP, go ahead and bookmark BuckingSpurs.com on your web browser now where you can show your support and visit our fan shop for Bucking Spurs hoodies, tees, laptop sleeves, iPhone cases, and more. All right, so it's been a little while. I think that there's so much to talk about. There's so much to get into, where to really start. You know, I'm recording this the morning after the Spurs just lost to the Clippers, got blown out by the Clippers, didn't have that great of a second half. We couldn't really keep up with them in the first, and then in the second half, it just kind of dominoed on itself, and they just got too many easy buckets. You know, we weren't getting back in transition. They got a couple easy layups there, and by the time you knew it, the game had kind of... um, spread itself out at that point and we ended up losing 134 to 109 you know we gave up 39 points in the second quarter 38 points in the in the third so we almost gave up a 40 piece in two of the quarters that we played against the Clippers last night so we're going to talk a little bit about the Clippers but there's so much to talk about since the last time that I've been here since the last time that I've made a pod San Antonio was at four and one, and you know I've put some stuff up on YouTube um, in the, since then, but I haven't put out a pod. So there's some things I want to talk about and talk about the stats, right, of our team. You know who's who's really making a difference on the floor, who's not in certain areas that I want to highlight over over some other obvious ones, maybe just like points per game or whatever. Yeah, we know we know who's scoring the ball a lot, guys, but we haven't been able to kind of see where 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 is the difference making um stat 
that's going to put us over the hump, right? And stuff like that. And also, I want to get over, uh, get into the West Coast landscape. You know, the Western Conference is looking kind of, uh, kind of just like we are. I think, you know, we're not, we're not the only bad team right now in the league that that was expected to to do something this year. And I think the rest of the West Western Conference is filled with teams just like us who just kind of aren't meeting expectations. We'll talk a little bit about that. Um, we'll talk a little bit about what you guys are saying on Twitter. All right, we got a couple new segments coming your way. This is going to be a fun episode, but first, there's a beat. So let's go ahead and drop that thing. sit here and we're a quarter way into the season I can't help but find myself a little bit optimistic in uh how we're playing because we are playing better I mean we, we we started off the year slow but uh, you know just to, like we would start games we would come out slow but we would still win I mean those first five games and then after that we found a way to come out slow and then we've not been able to, to close that gap and that's when we're experimenting with that lineup so we find our way our, our, we find ourselves here a quarter way into the season and and I feel optimistic in a way because one Lonnie Walker's now come onto the scene Lonnie Walker has now shown that he can be a lethal weapon he can really um, change a game I mean that Houston game with a 19 point comeback in the fourth quarter with Lonnie Walker just established himself as like yeah i can do this i can do things like this i can take over games from both ends of the floor he guarded james harden well he hit big shots he wasn't afraid to shoot that ball um so he can obviously shoot the three very well and we know how lethal and how um how skywalker ish he is when and he's in transition right so we know that lonnie walker has come onto the scene and that's something to be optimistic about a few of the minor bright spots that we can talk about right now through all this turmoil that we find ourselves going through and all this, you know, crawling through the dirt, just trying to get our head above water. Jakobodal has been a defensive savant. I mean, he's so smart, he, the way he's able to guard and the way as, as a big man, you know, those bigs usually can't really compute kind of like that sometimes, you know. And when you have a guy like that who's able to actually execute a game plan, like the way we, we guarded, you know, James Harden, you know, whoever's on James Harden is going to have their hands up in the air and just not foul, not reach, not, you know, maybe contest late, if anything, but funnel him, funnel James Harden to the paint and Jakob is going to be there waiting for him and we'll have a two a two on one and try to make Harden take a tough shot and that's it worked you know for well at least at the game at home um but Jakob has been able to change the game while he's in there um a lot of easy baskets that we're giving up early on in the season aren't so easy anymore a lot of that is because of Jakob. You know, he can change shots, he can block shots, and he's getting better at finishing around the rim. If we dump the ball into him, he, he knows what to do with it. I've even seen him put the ball on the floor 
um, off a rebound and take two or three dribbles and push the break. I was like, yes, Jakob, yes. That's what we need. Yes, right there. Like our big dude right there, if he's able to push the break off the rebound, holy crap, that changes the game. That that makes the transition even more lethal. And then he has DJ or Derek White or Lonnie to just outlet to after a few dribbles after the breaks already started. And it makes those guys even more deadlier in transition. And, and you know, they can go score in transition. So Jakob has been changing the game while he's in there. And um, when the matchup dictates uh, dictates that he cannot be in there, it really hurts us. And, and you can tell defensively it hurts us. Patty Mills' mindset. And the clip that you heard in the beginning of the pod just tells you that hey look like like we're trying we're 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 grinding it out we're getting better and i think they have been getting better it's just kind of like in baby steps you know like we're we're there's going to be a long season for us you know what i mean like but we're getting better we're moving in the right direction i think patty sees that he says hey we're in this together we know that you know and uh you know we're, they're going to keep they're going to keep getting better and so it's just like okay great you know they this group that we have out here on the floor has done a great job of eliminating all the outside noise i think coming from 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 the rest of the league because everyone's saying oh the spurs are tanking or the spurs are are not the spurs of old and the spurs don't got it this is the year that they missed the playoffs the spurs this and that and so that's what everyone in the outside is saying but i think the players is are doing a, gr- a great job of ignoring all that and i think patty's kind of maybe the the tip of that spear uh, in the locker room some of these veteran guys know what's up because I think we can all agree that even though we're still losing games, but we're also winning a few now, you know, and I think I think we, we are getting a little bit better on on uh, on that end. So then DeJounte comes in and, and talks a little bit about just defensive pride. And I just wanted to highlight that really quick because he's talking about actually taking that and uh, that heart to heart with the defensive end you know what i mean actually approaching it like okay this is a passion of mine i take pride in this side of the floor and maybe he feels that when the spurs are doing that collectively they're very good or maybe he feels that some of the guys in the locker room are not giving that type of pride to that side of the floor and that's why it's hurting us and that's why we're suffering so much on the defensive end and but all right, we're going to take a quick break. When we get back, we're going to talk about the West Coast, see what's going on in the Western Conference, and where we kind of fall into that mix in a little segment we like to call West Coast Roulette. We'll be right back. Hello out there to be man, woman, and child. This is the B-Team. I'm Nathan Eberhardt. And I'm Michael Hanna. And together we host the UCLA B-Team podcast, your go-to audio source online for news, analysis, opinion, and sometimes even jokes about UCLA Bruins sports. We're proud to be members of the Big Heads Media Network, and you can find our newest episodes every week at bigheadsmedia.com, or you can subscribe via iTunes, Google, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Follow us on Twitter, at UCLA B-Team, and hit us up with questions or comments. We love to interact with our listeners. So for a smart, level-headed, if sometimes irrelevant, Unofficial. We cannot stress this enough. Unofficial. Take on the UCLA Bruins. Come join the B team. The Western Conference is a nonstop spinning wheel from opening day till the final buzzer in April. So let's take a look out the window and see what the landscape is. You know, see where we've bounced ourselves into at this point of the season. It's time for West Coast Roulette. Today, December 23rd, two days before Christmas, let's take a look at the Western Conference. The Lakers 
are currently holding the first spot. Way ahead of the pack, 24 and 6. Next best team, the Thun uh, the Nuggets, I'm sorry, 20 and 8. Four games behind them. So the first and second spot are kind of separating themselves. LeBron James and AD are doing their thing in LA, and let's see how long that lasts okay because the nuggets are kind of coming up they started off a little slow but they have a very uh, very good record at 20 and 8 right behind them the rockets 29 them two are going to be duking it out for the second spot over the next few days all right so then you have the clippers in fourth right and i think those are the top i would say with the mavericks those top five teams clippers in fourth Mavericks and fifth are kind of the the better teams in the Western Conference this year separating themselves early on in the season the Lakers have obviously just came out and said hey y'all didn't know how good AD and, and and LeBron James can be together and we're about to show y'all and it's not that they're doing anything flashy you know I think that it's kind of low-key right now with the Lakers because yeah they're doing great and it's like oh wow all is good in the NBA when the Lakers are good right and but at the same time I think their style of play isn't that sexy but they're just killing people right they're just killing people right now and this they're 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 feeding the ball down low into Anthony Davis LeBron James is taking control at the point and and they're just head and shoulders above everyone else right now and I think right now is there's a big emphasis emphasis on it it's in bold and it's underlined because here come the Nuggets right 20 and 8 and then the Rockets right are, are just doing rocket things you know I still don't think they're all that great the Rockets Houston but they definitely win a lot of regular season games and that's something that Mike D'Antoni has done year in year out and it's have a great regular season record so he's trying to figure out this Westbrook thing Westbrook thing and then they're they're going to move on the Clippers are the ones that that actually have 22 wins you know they have more wins right now they played more games than the Rockets and the Nuggets but just because of standing wise they have less losses right so that's why they're above the Clippers but the Clippers are really the second best team in, in the in the Western Conference right now and Kawhi and, and Paul George are, are starting to figure it out um they're freaking good they kicked our ass the other night that's there's no mystery there the Mavericks is where the mystery comes in right with the Dallas Mavericks that's where we're like okay Luca we did not expect Luca to be this good this early and I love Luca coming out of coming out of the draft I think Dallas is a perfect place for Luca to land if him and Porzingis are going to work out we'll see because uh, so far them two playing together doesn't equal wins they have they're 19 and 10 and they're again ahead of the pack here okay then we have the Utah Jazz in six and then um, this is where it gets interesting in the seventh spot the Thunder the Thunder in the seventh spot at 15 and 14 they're a game above 500 they're just winning games I think uh, um, the the young core that is there is very competitive CP3 is playing very well um, Gallinari is playing very well I think that some of these veteran guys that may uh, may be looking to be traded at some point you know in the near future because I mean the Thunder are not in the business right now of winning games and a quarter into the season they're like okay good we're competitive um, if anything Chris Paul and these guys are making themselves valuable and saying like hey look we can help teams right now you know, there should be a lot of teams that are coming to get us right now. Now it's up to the organizations to figure it out. Um, but I see those players moving and the Thunder dropping out of that race. So that's going to open up a spot here at the end of the day. Then we have the Carmelo 
comeback tour. That's my boy right there. Always been a huge Carmelo fan ever since the Nuggets. Um, just love the mid-range game. Love how he's just a scoring machine. USA Carmelo is it was a beast. All right, so the port. I'm glad he's doing well in Portland. So in Portland sitting in the eighth spot with two games below 500 14 and 16 is what the eighth spot is in okay so this is going to be one of those weird years where in the western conference you got some teams going into the playoffs that are below 500 that's that, that's very rare and, and we, we might get one or two um this year so we might be just as bad as the eastern conference has been for so many years then you have the kings then you have the spurs in 10th right so the kings are starting to figure it out too um i don't know if they're getting their injured players back or what's going on but they are a tough team now they're, they're well coached i like luke walton but let's see if it works out for them so the spurs are one two three three games out of the eighth spot four games out of the the seventh spot and then it's kind of separates itself where it's like okay now we're seven eight games out of the top five spots top six spots so can the Spurs go on a little win streak and close this gap? And and the, the answer is yes, the Spurs can do that. But are we going to do that? You know, we, we've shown so far this season that we're getting better. But we're very inconsistent. Just like we were last year on the defensive end. And we thought those problems were solved with DeJounte Murray coming back in the fold. Um, but it's not that easy. It's not that easy. You know, this is... San Antonio Spurs team defense it's not easy so I think here in the Western Conference we shouldn't panic Spurs Nation you know like we were hanging in the 10th spot yes but we're three games out of it right it's like okay can the Spurs put a three game win streak together at some point from between now and the end of the season to close the gap yes yes we can are we going to do that with this team that's a question mark you know this is a Western Conference where um, it's wide open this year it's wide open this year. This is a year in the Western Conference where coaching can win you probably a championship, probably straight up. Like if the L, if it's if it's not going to be one of the two LA teams, like let's say only one of those teams gets to the finals. Okay, so that means you have Doc Rivers and you have Frank Vogel, right? And then you'll have either Kawhi Leonard or LeBron James. The other side of the Western Conference. It really just comes down to coaching because everyone else is is just kind of at the same playing field when it comes to playoff time. Right now, Utah, Denver, Houston, um, those guys are separating themselves as as you know what we're we're kind of better than the bottom half, but we're not as good as you know both LA teams, right? But they're right there, so it's gonna be a wide open race in the Western Conference. I can't wait to see what the standings look like after the all-star break because that's when things are really going to get serious and by that point we'll know okay who is the bottom three or four teams and then who's going to separate itself i would like to see portland and the thunder fall out i would actually like to see the mavs in the playoffs i, I would think luca would be fun and then i kind of hope it would be san antonio and minnesota I like the way Carl Anthony Towns is playing this year. Those are my two teams right now that I would want at this current point in the playoffs. And that is West Coast Roulette. We're going to take a little break, and then we'll be right back. Going Deep is a Raiders podcast that is determined to chronicle the Raiders' return to greatness. Ideally, 
under the watch of coach John Gruden. He turned the franchise around once before and has a firm grasp of the Raiders mystique created by the late owner of the team, Al Davis. That mystique is dormant due to years of losing, but Gruden's passion lies in bringing it back to life. Join your host, yours truly, Luke Straub. I write for the Raiders Wire of the USA Today Sports Media Group and my Raiders bro in arms, Raider Larry Marbley, who is a huge part of the Raider Nation online community as we chronicle the Raiders' return to greatness after every game and midweek as well with special guest appearances. The Raiders will hoist the Super Bowl trophy once again, so keep it locked to Going Deep. You're not going to want to miss it. This is a little segment that we are going to call Flop or Foul. You got a flop right there. It's a flop. And this wasn't that hard of a foul. It's not going to end the world. I'm not sure he got hit in the face. That's a sell job right there. Then the, the, the post reaction. I mean, this is theatrical right here. Watch this. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot. I got to sell that. On Flop or Foul, we are going to go over some issues surrounding the San Antonio Spurs and see if it's just a flop or should we take another look at that replay and call it like it is. First issue that I want to talk about is Patty Mills is carrying us right now, I think, on a game-to-game basis. You know, and, and some of these nights where we're losing, Patty's having great games because he's one of the only guys that's actually stepping up. So is it an issue that we are relying on our probably most seasoned vet on our squad, Patty Mills? to carry us through this troubling time of the NBA season for our squad. And I think that, you know, this issue is kind of a serious issue. I'll call this thing a foul. It's not a flop. It's not just like, oh, no, Patty's doing great things. And this has nothing to do with Patty Mills. It's a serious issue. This thing is a, is, is a, is a foul that needs to be looked at as a flagrant one, flagrant two, because we have so much firepower on this squad that – we have Patty Mills winning games for us. And, and, and to, to me, that just shows how valuable Patty Mills is. You know what I'm saying? How, how valuable he is to our squad. That he, on any given night, he can win us games. And every given night, he's setting the tone in the locker room and, and what the players need to come out with energy-wise. So he's very crucial to what we do but off the floor. But this just kind of goes to show how important he is to us on the floor. But it's a serious issue because we have guys that need to be stepping up into these roles and having these type of games, you know, where, where they're winning us games. Derek White, DeJounte Murray, Brent Forbes, Lonnie Walker, DeMar DeRozan, you know, LaMarcus Aldridge. I'm recording this segment after um, this is on Christmas Eve earlier. The segment I recorded earlier was was on a, on a few days ago. But today, LaMarcus Aldridge just came off a night where he scored 40 points in a win against the Memphis Grizzlies. But that is not happening on a game, a game to game night, uh, on a night to night basis. So Patty Mills coming up huge. It's a, that's a that's that's huge for us, but it is an issue. Next issue that I want to talk about out there in the in the Spurs Nation is is the issue of Marco Bellinelli and should he get traded? Flop or foul? I'm gonna call that one a flop. Listen, we should not get rid of Marco Bellinelli. That is my honest to God truth. I firmly believe that. Should he get less minutes? Yes. I think that his minutes should go down. But come playoff time, we need someone like Marco who can just go out there and hit a game-winning shot for you or just get you a bucket. And obviously, in the playoffs, his defense is, is exposed even more. But right now, throughout this regular season, he's a vet, he's a champion, he's a spur. Um, I want him here. I'd rather have him on my team than not have Marco Bellinelli on my team. Um, There's nights where he's going to go off, and there's nights where he's just going to struggle, but that's his role. I think the Spurs do a great job of um, grooming a player for his role 
to be impacted at the end of the season versus, you know, just kind of letting them play, right? No, like there's a specific role that you work on all year because when it comes to crunch time in the playoffs, we need to be having players that can fill those roles at 100%. So I think it really just kind of comes down to that. You know, at the end of the day, we're, we might need Marco in the postseason to just nail some buckets for us or come in on that last play, last two or three possessions where you need to have an extra shooter on the floor. You know what I mean? Like, and, and Marco might be that guy. So, you know, there's that. I, I, don't, I don't see him being traded. Issue number three on flop or foul. Should we be in panic mode? Should we, as Spurs Nation, be in panic mode right now? Um, no. But it's close, you know, we're not too far away. We're about a month away, month and a half away from being like, oh, man, this isn't getting good. You know, this is this is bad because right now we're still just three or four games out of the playoffs, out of the seventh seed. Right. Not only just the playoffs, but the seventh seed. But then once it gets past that point and we're talking about the fifth and sixth seed in the West, those teams are just far better than, than us. You know, they're a good eight games in front of us, a good nine games in front of us. And those stretches are going to be hard to close. When we're losing games that we should be winning, and 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 it's hard, it's tough for us to win a game, right on home or or on the road this year. So should we be in panic mode? Not yet. Maybe come January after the All Star break, you know, a few weeks go by, you know, and we're still in the same spot. We're still hanging around the ninth and tenth spot. Well, we're going to be in big trouble. But right now, we're getting better. We're taking steps forward. Now let's just see if. What we are doing, what we're, what our plan is, is actually going to be able to get executed, and hopefully it's good enough to compete in the Western Conference and hopefully get a, a decent playoff spot and uh, and move forward. Another serious issue is that people think that the San Antonio Spurs should be in a rebuild mindset, and we should be looking towards the future and looking away from from the veteran presences that we have on the floor and putting all of our eggs in DeMar DeRozan and Mark Saldridge, should we have this rebuild mindset and move towards giving Lonnie and all these young cats more minutes, giving those uh, first-round picks that are doing fantastic in Austin right now uh, some NBA run and and see if they can help us win games, and if not, help us win games because if we're losing games, well, maybe we should lose developing our young players like Luca, Keldon, and Quindary, Chemezi, uh, Drew Ebanks, and let these guys play a little bit more versus having, you know, this veteran presence of Rudy Gay, Patty Mills, Marco Bellinelli, Damari Carroll, and all these guys. Should we make a shift away from DeMar DeRozan and Marcus Aldridge? Now that's the question. I think it really comes down to as an organization – what is the direction that you want to go? Do you want to go into the unknown and and see what we got in our young guys and, and move away from LaMarcus Aldridge and DeMar in order to bring in assets? You know what I mean? That's another direction because right now we're about to lose. It's not, it's not that we're about to lose these guys, but the possibility, the chance of DeMar DeRozan leaving and LaMarcus Aldridge leaving, I think is pretty high. And to get nothing in return for those two guys is something that I don't think I can swallow. I, I'm not scared about, oh, we didn't get nothing back for them. And it, that's hurting us on the basketball court. 
Um, of course, it hurts to lose an all-star, two all-stars in their own right. So it will hurt on the basketball court. But I'm confident in our young guys. Don't get me wrong. But just as an organization moving forward, I mean, you know what Boston did, man. Boston was able to acquire assets and drafts and, and still compete for championships and still be in the playoffs because they were just smart about a transition that they were faced with right and it's the same type of transition that we're here too it's like okay we have two guys that are kind of on the back end do we move off of these two guys and try to get you know an oklahoma city type deal where we get draft picks back you know maybe not as as much as those as as they got um but something of the sort you know and, and prepare us for the future and give the ball to lonnie and keldon johnson luca and and uh, you know Bryn. And all these other guys, and let them run. Trey Lyles, you know, in the mix. Jakob Podol's playing great, um, and and let these guys really just find their own identity. Because I think, you know, we're we're a quarter way into the season, and we still don't know who, what our identity is. Because what our identity is supposed to be isn't working, right? We're we're starting slow every 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 single game. Every single game, we're starting off slow, and then. If that's not working, then we have no identity for what we're actually good at because that's supposed to be our number one weapon, right? That's why they're they're in the starting unit. Our bench unit's great. It does what it does, but it's not good enough to win in the NBA when your starting unit who's spending, I don't know how, X amount of minutes on the floor together isn't getting it done on a night-to-night basis. And, you know, it's, it's just... I. There was, um, I was listening to a podcast, I'm, I'm, forgive me for not remembering it, but they were talking about the Spurs and, and, and a suggestion that they had was, you know, putting Bryn to the, to the bench and putting Lonnie into the starting lineup and that should energize, um, the starting lineup and, and get them easy buckets and whatnot and get them going. I like that idea. I think Bryn can play efficiently coming off the bench or in the starting unit. I think he's, he's that good. He can do it either way. Um, and this whole DeJounte and and uh, and Derek White uh, playing together, you know, not playing together issue is 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 still to be determined because I think when I see them play together, I'm not all that impressed. You know, when, when they play together, I mean, it's just like uh, we're gonna take a look at the last five minutes of of that Maverick game the other night, and we're gonna see how they played together when they were on the floor. So that's that's a big question too, but those are good questions to have. They're good problems to have, especially when you have these two point guards locked in for a few more years, right? So it's it's something that you can work with, something you can mold into moving forward for the next seven, eight years, right? So it's just you know our or and so so the question comes back to okay, are we just gonna sit here on Lamarcus Aldridge and and Demar Derozan and and see how this plays out for the next two years. Maybe they both come back. Let's talk about that possibility. Maybe both of those guys want to re-sign with San Antonio. Demar Derozan takes a friendlier deal, takes a little bit less money. Lamarcus Aldridge takes a little bit less money because the shift has to happen. I think I think the shift has to happen where we give the ball to these young guys. And I'm talking about Keldon too, man. Keldon Keldon is just is just waiting to feed. He's a dog on a leash, who's like barking at you like like crazy, coming at you just you know off of his his front two feet and just pushing off with the back two feet, just barking at you, growling at you, foam coming out of the mouth. That's Keldon waiting to get his opportunity in the NBA. That's Keldon, right now. Keldon's playing that good, and when he gets to this level, it's not going to take him long for him to be dominant. A dom- yes, a dominant player see what he's doing right now in Austin. I know that's in Austin, but 
there's something that transfers over from college to the NBA, from high school to college, whatever level it is you're moving up to. There's something that always transfers over. Sometimes your offense doesn't transfer over. Transfer over. Maybe your defense. Um, maybe you're, you're a little bit smaller or whatever. But effort always transfers over. Effort, hustle, passion always transfers over. And Keldon is able to do a lot of things in the package that 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 he's that God's given him. Right. So he's he's going to be an unbelievable player. So, um, you know, the question is, you know, do we move off of him? I, I, I want. I, I my answer would be I want the Spurs to make the decision to put them in the best case scenario to be successful for the next 10 years right that's that's my answer if that includes them great maybe demar takes a back seat and comes off the bench lamarcus um uh you know plays at the four with with uh with uh yako Potal. And, and maybe they get a little defensive thing going there and that allows us for a backcourt of whatever we want right i mean like now now we scratch just clear the whiteboard and let's say you have Jakob, lamarcus demar Derozan coming off the bench right so you can start lonnie right so that's three and now you need a point guard and we, we, you just need two more guards or two more wing players who do you play take take your take your choice man Kel, keldon and dejounte Derek and dejounte Bryn. And um, and Derek, you know, I don't know. I like Derek White and Jakob Portal on the floor together. I love that. Um, that's 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 when good things happen. Good things happen, you know, like when those 50-50 balls, you know, those 50-50 plays, you know, where, where it's not a set play, a bucket, but you get a bucket from somewhere, somewhere where it's not supposed to come from. Those happen when Derek White is in the game and when Jakob are in, are in the game together. They both kind of make that stuff happen. And that's just with their effort and they're getting really smart. They're, they're very, very smart players. All right, so that's going to be it for a Bucking Spurs podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in. Again, you can go to buckingspurs.com to, ca- to catch all of our content. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube, and uh, you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher Podcast, wherever you get your podcast jam on. We are there. Make sure to scroll down, rate, comment, subscribe, share this podcast. Um, we took a little break, but we're back, and it's going to be better than ever. Thank you, guys. For all your support i hope you had a happy holidays i hope you enjoyed your christmas break i know i sure am so big shout out to the big hits media podcast network shout out to bookingspurs.com thank you guys for tuning in we'll catch you on the next one